Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, February 22nd. We are here live. The big question is whether we're going to have any calls or not. Seems to be a lot of news this morning about uh, some pretty massive cell network outages. It looks like AT&T is the big problem right now. Uh, But at one point, it looked like almost every cell carrier in the country was reporting some sort of an outage. Um, Probably a good day to talk about being prepared again while I wait and see if anybody has service to call me. Uh, We have AT&T. We're fine here. But our call screener, Brittany, has AT&T. She has no service on that one. She has a T-Mobile phone. She has service on that. I saw somebody posted this morning. uh, They're in the Chattanooga area. Him and his wife both have AT&T service. One of their cell phones showed SOS only. The other one was working just fine, standing right next to each other. Not even sure how that's possible. Well, uh, we might be testing our system later today. Uh, I've been trying to get to it all this week, but it's been kind of crazy. So hopefully today we'll start working on that. Uh, We don't seem to be affected by any of the outages right now. We've got good cell signals and good internet. So um, we'll keep going here. Calls are starting to come in, jump in and join us. It is a free for all for this first hour. We do only have an hour. So if you want to jump in, do it now. And we will be followed by Rolling Toe, as long as all the uh, technology holds up. So I'm also seeing a lot of reports online right now of um, telematics in trucking being affected by this. So um, ELDs and other uh, tracking technologies and dispatch technologies are seemingly uh, affected by this as well. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. If you've had anything like that happen, if uh, some of the technology in your truck or your operation isn't working, and you can call, call, and uh, we'll talk about it. I did see yesterday, um, I, I think I've talked about this before, I have an app that monitors solar activity because all of our technology is susceptible to solar flares. And yesterday there was a very, very large solar flare. And then another one went off this morning within minutes prior to the outages showing up. Then, of course, there are the conspiracy theories that say uh, this is a cyber attack, but the mainstream media is going to try to report it as something else. Uh, Who knows? It is just a reminder that all of our technology we've built our life around is very, very susceptible to a lot of problems. And we are seeing more and more of those problems. And I expect it to get worse. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I missed this one somehow. But this morning I was reading Tucker Carlson did an interview. I think it was with Dennis McQuaid. Uh, Dennis McQuaid made a documentary about the grid going down. I'm going to go watch that later today, too. Then Tucker Carlson did an interview with him, and, and Tucker is basically claiming, from what I gather in this episode, that um, the grid is going down. That's, uh, that's kind of a scary thought, but you, when you start to think about it, I always think about drivers 
being away from home because that exacerbates all of these problems. You know, if you're home locally, at least in a local area, and the cell phone goes out at some point, you can be back together again and communicating. What do you do when you're 2,000 miles away and there's no communication? The, our banking system, access to money, runs on these systems. This is why I talk about having cash. Because if you are in an area and the, the banking systems are down and you don't have cash, you're not going to have access to much of anything. So I'm not talking about having a $20 bill in your wallet. I'm talking about if you're traveling away from home, you should probably have several thousand in cash. Could make a huge difference. You know, it, it seems kind of crazy to even be talking about these things, but I've been talking about them for several years and it looks like it's happening. Uh, maybe this is just a solar flare, but that can happen at any time. So we have become so dependent on all of our technology that we really don't know what to do when some of it goes out. And it looks like this is going to become a, a, a much more common thing, whether it's a solar flare or a cyber attack, which cyber attacks are real. We are very vulnerable to them, probably more vulnerable than any other country in the world because we just depend so much on our technologies. Let's, uh, let's get to some phones and find out uh, what might be going on. Phone calls are coming in. I guess that's a good thing. Everything seems to be working for us right now. So let's, uh, let's get started in Florida. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Yeah, it was interesting. I, I have Verizon, and my phone seems to be working fine. But uh, a friend of mine loading in Orlando today, he's AT&T. He has absolutely nothing other than the, the SOS, an emergency call. But. You know, and he, here's the interesting thing. Again, you know, when, when I talk about when we see things happening uh, personally, and, and we're talking about a nationwide outage, you know that's a pretty big deal. So right away, our Brittany's phone isn't working. Her AT&T phone isn't working, but her T-Mobile phone is. I people I know and interact with online I've seen at least four today report that their phone just is not working at all AT&T um, so there are lots and lots of reports this is a pretty massive outage yeah and then uh, my one broker which they're out of Tampa I could not email in my bills from cool. delivering this morning yep but I that I think there's something different there. They're going through a change in updating emails, and the email just isn't working at the moment. But oh, okay. I don't think it's related. Yeah, <laughs> because there's other reasons well, that might not be working that other than this. <laughs> well, part of our problem is all of these systems have become so complicated and intertwined. You don't know if that could be causing part of the problem. Yep. Exactly. I so think yeah, the, I uh, really... the the lesson is that we've been talking about this kind of stuff happening and it's happening more and more often. And I don't think that's going to slow down or stop. I think it's going to get worse. And again, it, 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 it would be really bad and inconvenient for everybody, but it's much worse when you're a thousand or 2000 miles away from home, if you're not prepared for something like this. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've had to buy fuel with cash. 
Yeah. But I, I had it happen here maybe three years ago. And it was a regional thing. Something with the payment system went out. Right. And, of course, you know, I had planned my fuel stuff. It was the cheapest fuel around. And, sorry, we can't take any electronic payments. Oh. Well, think about so back all... back out of my truck. I got to dig in my, my hiding spot and pull out my stack of $100 bills. And Get... I bought $1,500 worth of fuel. <laughs> I, at the very least... Somebody should have enough cash on hand to get them home with the truck. Enough fuel. So if you're at your farthest point, you've at least got enough cash to get you home with fuel. Uh, That should be the bare minimum. Um, The other thing we have to remember is there are so many ways that this could occur. Like you said, that was one outage of the payment system itself. The we know that they attacked refineries through their software. That was a targeted attack. We we had that one. They've attacked food facilities through their software. They can attack the grid itself. They could attack the payment system. They they here they're if that's what's going on. They're attacking the cell phone network because so much of our communication now travels across that cell phone network. Yeah, and all the controls and. Same thing, you know, we talk about the shipping industry, the ocean-going ships, and just think those terminals and all the computerized to organize and even know where containers at, if that system got shut down, they couldn't unload a ship. Right. Manually, they could do it, but how do you keep track of anything? That's the problem. You know, 20,000 containers on a ship nowadays. Yeah, yeah. one ship. Yeah, it's... Our, again, we could come back to our global supply chain has become so complicated that is, it is susceptible to all kinds of crazy stuff that could happen now. And just speaking of that, I just catching up on um, Brent Hunto's podcast, yeah. Great Nation. Yeah. He just started it a couple months ago. So, But he interviewed a guy in the shipping industry and with what's going on in the Red Sea. It was probably at least a month ago, but interesting thing I learned in there, why it doesn't seem to be as big a deal as we think it should be, is because the freight rates were so high the last couple of years that the these large shippers, they had large profits, so a lot of them have ordered brand new ships. Yeah. Some ships are now coming online, so instead of trading off and getting rid of their older ships, they're just keeping them in service. So they have the capacity added right now as, you know, things already had slowed down. So the capacity to add the ships to fill in them extra 11 days of travel, it's there. I mean, there's still the cost of it, but if we didn't have that extra capacity right now, this would be much worse than than what it is. Yeah, which is, you know, really kind of... So what's going on? Um, <laughs> we've uh, we've got people working at the house today, and they're all arriving right at the moment. And Diesel's going a little crazy. Um, yeah, the uh, the whole big picture kind of here that that we keep hearing about with these kinds of disruptions. Uh, and then let's think about this. So, you know, I'm thinking here. A lot of people now have been moving to um, more and more people now use some sort of cellular internet even at home. That's becoming more common. I kind of I have a combination. I'm using some 
uh, AT&T cellular right now, um, plus the Starlink. One of the things I've said that's a big advantage with Starlink is when the power goes out in your local area, if you have Starlink and you have at least a way to power up your Starlink equipment, which wouldn't take a very big backup, you at least still have internet access. So because it, it, the, those satellites are never going to be affected by a power outage where your local Internet is um, during this last ice storm that we had out here in those extreme cold temperatures, we lost our local Internet for like five days. Didn't affect us at all because and then a lot of people started using their cell as their backup and that network got so jammed up you couldn't use it. Yet Starlink was working great. But if we think about that, did you see what this news about Russia that they won't really release yet? They just keep hinting at. Uh, No, I'm pretty disconnected from the news. Yeah. So there there's this some senator came out just last week and said he kind of spilled the beans and said, hey, look, there is a major national security threat that we're not talking about. And I guess they're hinting at it. I I haven't seen this verified anywhere yet, but they claim Russia is ready to launch some sort of satellite space-based system. Oh, yeah, I have. Where where they will be able to target and take out satellites. Yeah, and I mean, this is way beyond our pay grade because yeah. Elon Musk addressed this a couple of years ago back when Ukraine started. Right. And he said shooting down a satellite in space is not as easy as people think it is. It, there's way um, more I'm sure. technology involved than anything right. on surface here inside the planet because well, in the planet here we got GPS. Well, right. out in space, that doesn't exist. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, you can ping the signals, and there's all kinds of frequency, you know, we've had for a long time on different missiles that heat seeking and that type of stuff. But that, that'll be interesting if that truly comes about. But yeah, yeah, I wonder, you know, if we have close to the same top secret ability from. You know, that we've never admitted? From what I can gather, there are two places where we may be in trouble that we don't seem to be up to date on. Uh, This is one of them, even though Trump attempted to start the Space Force. Have you heard anything about that in the last three years? No. I mean, it exists. Trump started it, but I I have no idea what they're doing. We never hear anything about it. Uh, So... We're behind in that area, I believe, and it sounds like Russia may be more advanced than we are. And then the other area where a couple countries are more advanced than we are, and we know it, are these hypersonic missiles. Yeah, yeah it's it's an interesting world. You know, the big one that keeps blowing my mind is the just within our own country here in the border and Texas and all that and oh, all the I, conversations about, you know, all, all this is going to happen will start another civil war. And I've always all, how, in today's society, how does a civil war really start? How do you, where do you draw the lines? I know, right. It's not, you know, half the country against the other half the country. It's this area against this area. And then there's a bubble inside of that area that's the opposite. Right. And, right. But then when Texas starts, saying they're 
fighting the federal government, yeah. <laughs> and 17 other states are backing Texas, well, this, to me, looks like that, that's that, how a civil war could easily start. That, that would be kind of the definition. Yes, so you're exactly right. Uh, speak is, uh, that was actually going to be my open this morning until I woke up and started reading all these outages going on. Um, I watched a um, documentary last night. And it was pretty damn scary about how this whole migrant thing in Texas has changed and nobody's paying attention. And this is something I've been watching for about three years and I didn't really catch on to this either. So think back to right after Biden took office, even right before, when we knew he was going to be president. Remember there was all these reports, oh, there's another 4,000 person caravan you know, at the southern border of Mexico and they're making their way through, they'll be here in a couple of weeks. Remember all those reports? Yep, because, yeah, Trump was still president when yeah, that big but, caravan was coming through Mexico. Correct. But they were predicting that they were coming because Biden had really kind of pre-announced that he was going to, you know, take away all these rules that Trump had put in place, the stay in Mexico order, the other things that these people already knew, and they started heading here. And we knew that. But what's changed, and I didn't realize this, they were, the stories were always of all these people walking, and it's going to take them weeks to get through Mexico. And then they get to this one place where people get on top of the trains. And there were these videos of, you know, a thousand people on top of a train. None of that's happening anymore. That has completely changed now. And what's happening now, every single person coming through Mexico to get to that border is paying somebody. Nobody gets in free anymore. The cartels have taken total... And these people are not walking anymore either. They're being transported. There are transport companies. Everybody gets a piece of the pie. And these these coyotes and these groups run by the cartels just bring 50 or 100 people through at a time and there might be seven or eight checkpoints and they have to stop and pay other cartels to get through. This has totally been taken over by the cartels. Nobody is walking through Mexico anymore. And here's the thing. Think about the numbers we keep talking about. How many people are coming across that border every day? Tens of thousands a day. In this documentary, they talk to one of these guides who does this every week. He's been doing it for about two, two and a half years, he said, since the time this, this whole thing started to shift. They, he brings in 100 to 150 people a week, and each one of those people is paying between ten dollars and $12,000. That's the going rate to get through Mexico to get to the U.S. now. And they said nobody gets away without paying it. What doesn't, I know it's happening, but what, it's hard to believe those kind of numbers because everybody coming is poor. They don't have the money. So, right. Now, what happens is, you know, one family makes it here, gets a job, sending money back home, and the, over time, that's how they get the rest of their family up here is, you know, by somebody else who's already here working and sending right. money. Right. The other but thing, and they interviewed a, a couple people. That, that, that one of the things that is happening, people in these countries are willing to sell everything to raise the money to get here. So they are literally now penniless, 
homeless, whatever they have with them is all they own, and they've sold everything to make this trip. This this one coyote was generating like a million and a half dollars a week. One person. Yeah, well, there's. I watched a John Stossel interview with a woman that is running for president of Guatemala because she's libertarian, and I guess she's got like a social media presence, YouTube, all that, and it's she's really exposing the hidden side of socialism. And it's not that it's hidden, it's, it's that it's always this new idea, well, this time it's going to be better. We're going to change this one little thing and it's going to work. And how it has never worked and it's never going to work. Right. It, it, that was a really good inter- interview and I, I don't even remember her name, but yeah, she's, she's running for president in Guatemala and it's going to try to make that country libertarian. And that seems to be happening more and more in a lot of these South American countries now. Maybe we should pay attention because the pattern on these South American countries is they were capitalistic and succeeding. They became more socialistic and they are failing miserably, like total economic collapse in some of these countries. And then finally, it gets bad enough that they're willing to try something different and it immediately starts to turn their economy around when they go back to being capitalist again. Yep. Yeah, it's it's amazing how different there is from one to the next, and yeah, it, it doesn't even take a lot of capitalism. I mean, it's just you know a, a percentage of it yeah. really changes the whole outcome. Yeah. So I don't know. But, seems like there's uh, a lot going on, and it seems like with uh, with such a goofy election, but, but I. I Trying to predict anything is just pure speculation. My point is when, when we are talking about this kind of stuff this often and it's now making the mainstream, it's time if you're not prepared, just get prepared. It, things could get pretty ugly and it, you can make it a lot better for yourself if you just try to anticipate some of these things. Oh, boy, well, yeah, I say it. I've got enough cash to always, you know, buy enough fuel to get home from, well, even further away than I right. actually go. But, I mean, if the price of fuel skyrocketed, you know, then that would change the formula. Carry enough food in the truck to to make it a whole week without yeah. having to worry about stopping anywhere. And uh, even carry a roll of toilet paper if I need to just use that's, the woods. I'll, I'll get by. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, I, one of the biggest challenges, really, and, and today is the issue we need to pay attention to, um, it, it's not that hard to prepare yourself. Um, you know, you're going to be a thousand miles away. You just talked about it. Cash, food, water, some emergency equipment, things like that. that that's pretty simple. Take some time, put that stuff together, and then you can kind of forget about it. You should probably make sure your family at home is prepared for things. Um, that's not that hard to do either. One of the bigger challenges, and I, I don't really know what the answer to this is, is communication. If communication goes down and you're, you know, a thousand miles away, that's challenging. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know of another solution for that other than for Internet-based, you know, satellite so that at least if there's a possibility communicating that way right but i the just for my business use i don't see a reason to have starlink here in the truck 
but Correct. it certainly would be right. nice. Right. Now, the the one thing I'm kind of looking into and, and playing around with a little bit is ham, ham radios. Yep. That would be the the emergency backup communication system. I mean, it has been. It's designed that way. That, that's part yep. of what the system is for. Um, so I'm playing around. I have these. Uh, I bought a Baofang, I think. I'm not sure how you pronounce that word. But when you look up handheld ham radios those always come to the top like that's the one to have um but that's it the whole ham radio thing's kind of complicated oh yeah it's yeah not simple i dabbled with it a little bit many many years ago but i mean i didn't even scratch the surface so i can't say i know much of anything about it so yeah yeah you know there there are some other devices on the on the market and I may look into these some more, not necessarily sat phones, satellite-based phones. Those exist. They're pretty darn expensive. Um, there are some satellite-based text communicators that might not be a bad idea for drivers that are always away from home, where this is always going to be an issue for them. Uh, some of those are becoming fairly inexpensive. Yeah, and they have... I don't know what it's called, but one of the hunting podcasts I listen to for the guys that get way out in the wilderness, there's there's emergency satellite services that are way cheaper, but it's, I mean, it's not made for regular communication. Right. It's made just for an emergency to send out that, a signal. Exactly. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. Those are starting to become affordable. Yeah. So, well, if you did get phone lines opened up, then I'll let you move along because I don't really have anything important, but... All right. Yeah, we've got some calls, so we will uh, we'll check them out. Let's go to West Virginia. Danny, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Hey Glad there. you feeling better? Uh, I'm not 100% yet, but I am feeling better. Thanks. Well, you'll get there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, finally made it up to Pittsburgh Power. They had a... Uh, special air Pete had mentioned a while back that new to me truck inspection. Oh yeah. And now my truck isn't new to me. I've had it a couple of years now, but I, I'm wanting, I was wanting to see if there was any issues there. The, the dyno run, I was kind of curious about. Um, and I was kind of disappointed mainly because they didn't find really any issues. Uh, this is a, the 2003-2002 build uh, ISS, so it's all pre-emission, 450 horse, 1650 torque. On the dyno run, it put down to the wheels 361 horsepower, which is right there at 80%. Yeah. Okay, well, here's, here's one issue I have. should have been higher. I've got the full tilt manifold on here, along with the fleet air filter. I don't know what they're supposed to add. If it, you know, maybe what, 10, 15, 20 horsepower. I'm not sure. But for me, neither one of those has really any benefit. Yeah. See, we've got to be careful. We've dealt with this for years and years. You can't <clears throat> always recreate things on a dyno. A dyno is not a real world run at all. There's all kinds of factors that don't come into play on the dyno itself. One is aerodynamics, any kind of rolling resistance. None of those things come into play. 
So we can't always trust a dyno that, that it will show us these differences. And then as far as something like a fleet air filter, I, I've seen some engines and designs where the fleet air filter makes a huge difference because that particular truck has got a really restrictive system. Then I've seen other models where the fleet air filter doesn't do quite as much for airflow because that truck already flows pretty well. So there, there are so many factors here. Now, the full tilt manifold, I have no idea. I don't deal with that manifold. I know the process, and I do know that that process helps. There's no doubt about it. Both of those things, by the way, are, are all about airflow. The fleet air filter and the manifold. One is about airflow into the engine. The other one's about airflow right. out of the engine. But this idea that we're always going to be able to see a measurable difference on a dyno just doesn't work in the real world. And yet we know that the fleet air filter improves fuel economy. We know it without a doubt. We know that when you polish and coat the manifold, there is a benefit there. We've proven it over and over. Even the OEM tells you that. There's a formula. When you can improve airflow by X, you will improve this by X. There, there's a formula for it that comes right from the OEMs. Yeah. I, I know, and I, I know from racing, you know, engines and stuff there, they, it just seems to me like it should have at least showed a little bit. Uh, they were really busy, and I, I, I did talk hey, to here's uh, something, Leroy hey, for hey, Danny, here's something else we have to remember. You are basing this on the fact that we're saying it's this much, it's supposed to be this much horsepower, and we have this much showing up on the dyno. That's roughly our 80%, but that 80% number is not set in stone at all. So there's a big variance there. So we can't measure some of this stuff accurately enough but here's something else that could be going on you're assuming that prior to putting on those two things this truck was fully operational and was putting out 80 percent of its horsepower then it may not have been it may have been putting out hey, less you would have to take those take them off one at a time and put it back on the dyno again and you don't know that those two things didn't change this truck because you never tested it prior to them being on. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that they would have found something here because I'm still working, uh, trying to get the fuel mileage up. And I've still got some things. I wanted to have the engine looked at so I know there was no codes. And so as far as, all that goes, all samples, you know, the engine's running 100%. I wanted to get that out of the way before I start doing any other mods. But anyway, at least I got up there and Bruce wasn't there. I think he's out doing his snowmobiling. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, but yeah, it was a pretty neat place there. I got to see how that dyno machine thing works with the, that arm on the, on the fifth wheel. It's pretty cool. Isn't that an awesome setup? Anybody who's ever put a Class 8 truck on a dyno, a traditional dyno where you chain down the axles, and it, I, I mean, it's a, the process takes a while to get a truck on, to get a truck off. It, it's never as secure as you'd like it to be, and um, that's always been a big issue. And when, uh, so I don't know if you remember the story. That was designed by somebody you've heard on the show probably many times. 
Uh, and then and then Pittsburgh Power had that built. It's the only one like it. There's nothing else like it. But it, it's it's really incredible to watch how much better that system is on the dyno than the old chain down setup. Yeah, I was I talked to Leroy about a tune, but it, I'm going to hold off on that because he had said that you know that you may or may not get any fuel mileage. The power would be nice. I'm more, I've got that money can go towards some other things to uh, increase the fuel mileage. And uh, I'd like to get up I-7 at least. Right now, I'm still at like 6.8. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be some room in there somewhere. Yeah. But I don't talk to you between now and uh, Louisville. I'll uh, see you there. All right. Sounds good. I'll look forward to it. Uh, hey, I'm starting to see reports now. I didn't even think about this. We've talked about um, how this cellular outage could be affecting telematics and trucking and ELDs and scheduling software. And um, But there's another industry that is being hit really hard by this right now. It's the gig economy. Uber, Lyft, Instacart, DoorDash, all of those services run on the cell phone and the cell phone service. So they are shut down completely right now. I do have another report. Somebody who has two phones, a work phone and a personal phone, both on AT&T. One works, one doesn't. I, 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 that just seems really odd. All right, let's, uh, let's go to Missouri. Paul, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I just had uh, two quick questions for profit gauges. Sure. Um, for my 23, I sold my Freightliner, and I'm now I'm saying it out loud, it's probably done, but the sale would go as a income, and whatever I used for the down payment would show as an expense, right? If you were going to record it, it would. I choose not to record that kind of stuff in profit gauges. doesn't really give you any... Okay. Any valuable data and it just creates work buying and selling equipment doesn't really affect your day-to-day cash flow it affects your tax return at the end of the year so i just tell people look set the documents aside in your tax folder and your accountant will deal with those transactions on the tax return but i really don't want them in my accounting okay and uh, the other question I had is I had some warranty work done on my truck. And at the time, they didn't check to see if it was under warranty. And turns out it was. So I think I did it right. I threw up the payment there as an expense. And when I got the money from Volvo, I just throw it at, threw it in as a reimbursement. That's that perfect. the correct way? Yep, that's perfect. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's all I had questions for. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to... Saskatchewan. Austin, welcome. Hey, how are you doing? Good. What can I help you with today? Well, I just really want to thank you for everything you've done. Uh, you really made me you know, realize my business is... Uh, I, I never took track of anything until I started listening to you. My uh, business definitely can improve, and good. I guess I learned a lot from you. So well, I just, good. I want to thank you for that. You're welcome. And I look forward to seeing you at the CMC. I'm hoping I'm going to make it. I mean, I'm going to Alaska right now, so hopefully I can make it back. Wow. I think I can. It's well, good, good. It's, it's in March. 
20-something, okay. 21st, 22nd, somewhere around there. Okay, yeah, I should definitely make it. Uh, that's all I really had today. I just wanted to thank you for helping me out. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for the call and the feedback. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, that, that um, call is, is also part of the um, Austin's part of our coaching program. So I've spent quite a bit of time in the last couple of weeks with Austin. And Austin has taken full advantage of the program. He, he got involved. He got organized. He got data to me. We started working on things. And it's paying off. The, uh, the coaching program I, I is really uh, kind of one of my favorite things now. I really enjoy the coaching calls every week. So if you, um, if you are interested, we do coaching for just about anything you've ever heard me talk about. And I mean that. that. That's the point of being in the coaching program. You get to pick and choose what you want me to help you with. Uh, and it could be a lot of things. I mean, business, money, personal finance, your retirement accounts, taxes, fuel mileage, maintenance. We do health. So anything about health. Um, look, if somebody wanted to ask me about gardening or homesteading or being prepared, like we're talking about today, those are all things I would help people. The, the program is crazy cheap, really. Um, and it's, you're only committed for one month at a time. You start and stop anytime you want. Uh, if you're interested, you should get signed up. Um, you can call our tribe care team, or you can go to let's truck tribes, Dot com and sign up there. Let's um, let's go to San Antonio. Mark, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm sure you know about this 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 guy up in San Antonio. This this truck driver that got loose the other night after the the Trump verdict in New York City. How you know? I've talked to ten drivers, and and uh, we're going to not gonna haul anything to New York City, and we're going to starve them out. Right, and the the press picked up on it. The right wing press, the Trump press, picked up on it, and, and now it's like you know they they all feel like they want to put it all on the truck drivers. Truck drivers, we can't protest that the truck drivers have to do it. And I was I told some of these people, of course, they didn't listen to me. I said this isn't going to amount to anything. And you know, as soon as they drop, as soon as they would raise the rates a tick, everybody would be hauling in there because you know anybody that's got any common sense, they're not going to turn down revenue on, on your routes to go you know for for. For Trump, this is crazy. And then it's like the whole population, you know, everybody, this one sector of Twitter gets up there and says, you know, oh, they're going to boycott and they're going to shut them down and it's going to show them. And I'm like, it's not going to show them. It's not going to happen. And it's like it never happens. And it's like these people, they worry about protesting this instead of running their businesses, which I don't really care. That's their business. But it's like, it's not going to happen. And I know you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, yeah, the the media picked up on this 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 look and I I still don't even understand how some of this stuff happens. You you see this guy, this Chicago Ray guy. Um I should probably go look before I say this number. I don't but it, the, from what I gather, this guy's a day cab driver in Chicago. Like he has nothing to do with New York, as far as I can tell. If this is being reported accurately, because there's all kinds of accusations that that um, supposedly he had 
he made the claim, I don't want to be the face of this protest. I'm not going to go on podcasts. I'm not going to try to raise money. I was just stating my opinion. And then there was a claim that he took the video down and didn't want to be a part of this. Then he came out and said, I didn't take anything down and I didn't back away from this. Fox is lying because they invited me on the show and I wouldn't go. That's his claim now. So there's a a lot of confusion, even from the guy who supposedly got this whole thing started. And it was just, why did this thing go viral? Well, one of the things I look at, this guy's got like hundreds of thousands of followers, but I can't figure out why. What's that? Well, because all he does is tweet politics, and it's like he's only had the account since, like, I want to say 2017 or 2015 or I don't know. It's listed on the account. I looked at it the other day, yesterday or whatever. It crossed my timeline again, and I'm like, you know, this guy doesn't even, he doesn't even represent traditional trucking, and it's just like I didn't even know he was a day cab. I, I thought, and I'm thinking, that, I'm thinking, I bet you don't go to New York. I mean, I just thought because I didn't. And I'm like, I bet you don't even go near New York City, but yet you're going to run your mouth about this and stir people up, and people pick up on it, and then the media, the the the, the Trump influencers pick up on it, and they just run with it. And then it's like everybody gets in a feeding frenzy over it, and I'm like, this isn't going to happen. What, this is nothing. What percentage of over-the-road trucks actually ever make it to New York City? Well, very few because they have all this um, last mile because nobody wants to go to New York City, period, because of the congestion and the way the city's built. You almost can't. I mean, it's almost impossible. The the one time, one time in my career that I actually made it into New York City itself was an absolute nightmare. I had to double park on the street and unload double stacked pallets with a pallet jack it took me like seven and a half hours it was a horrible experience that the, the city the is not set up for over the road freight so it, it, it most of this stuff is not ever put on a 53 foot trailer going to new york city that's not how the system works yeah it doesn't fit it's just it's and these people i i, I just it it, it it blows my mind how stupid these people are. And it's like, and then the, the general public says, oh, let the truckers do it. And I, I told this one lady, I believe it was a lady, I said, why don't you quit your job and go protest? Yeah. You're asking these people to quit their job and go protest. I'm it, like, why, why put it on somebody else? Do it yourself. Don't ask somebody well, else to do what you want. And here, here's the other thing. And the Chicago Ray guy was making a big deal about this. When they start on this attitude of, well, you better pay attention to us because we'll shut down the whole damn country or the economy. That's his attitude right now. That is a horrible attitude. That should not be how you approach this, but it doesn't even make sense because I could say the same thing. What about all the people who work in the fuel network? If they decided to stay home today, the trucks aren't going anywhere whether they want to or not. There are lots of groups of people who could shut down our entire economy if they could get it organized enough and chose to, but why would you? Well, well, nobody's, why sacrifice, my question was, why would these people want to sacrifice their business? And then I, I, I told somebody, of course, nobody responds to this, because when you, when you use logic or whatever, it's like, you know, okay, so people stop going to New York, New York what would they do? They, they, they would immediately raise the rates, and what, with the rates repressed, how they've been? 
uh, people would just pick that right up and go of with it. Of course they will. Yeah. And, and the, they don't understand that. It's just... I, I don't know what the number is, but the vast majority of people ho- driving a truck or doing any job, this just doesn't have to do with truck drivers, the vast majority of them are not paying attention to anything that's going on in the country or politics anyway. They're just trying to survive. They, they, most of the people that are going to end up taking freight into New York City have no idea that anybody's protesting anything. No. No, because if you're if you're running your business like you should be running the business, you have no time to sit there and have twenty seven, two hundred seventy five thousand Twitter followers. I mean that just and if you look at that guy's timeline, it has nothing to do with trucking, nothing to do with transportation, everything to do with politics, and he's obsessed with Trump. Like he can carry Trump's water. He's basically really a nobody, but but he thinks he is, and you know uh, and. It's just, and then the, the, the stupid media is like, oh, they're going to shut down. No, they're not. They are not. They're hey, not. They're not. Nothing's going to happen. No. You, so. you know why it's, it, I put a lot of thought into this because I've watched these people who their only shtick online is politics. That's all they ever post about. That's all they ever talk about. These accounts get huge followings though. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers. And yet, like you said, this guy does nothing about trucking whatsoever. Nothing I could find. Everything is just purely politics. Here's one of the reasons why I think this actually works for people. In politics, there is no right or wrong. There's just opinions. I mean, really, when you think about it, we'd all like to think that our opinion is right and it's the better way to do things. But in politics, there really is no right or wrong. I believe it's one of the reasons why politics is the biggest topic that we debate, because you don't have to worry about being wrong. It's just your opinion. That's it. You're right. One hundred percent. That's all it is. It's like one day you're right, one day you're wrong, somewhere in the middle or whatever. That's why that's why I've come to the conclusion. It's like. Whenever the whole the right says everything is like this, the left says everything is like that. It's somewhere in the middle, and we'll never ever solve it or agree. That's what I. This is why you see these giant followings with these people that just pound politics all the time. They can never be wrong. No, and they 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 pound it. uh, They pound it all the damn time, and that's that's what they do. And then, yeah. but but this guy, they get on there, and it's just like, you know, they, they said, well, we're going to shut down New York City and make them starve. It's like, you're not, but you're not. No, I, I agree. Hey, Mark, I just looked at the clock, and I remembered I got to wrap up these calls before the top of the hour, so I'm going to move along. Iowa, Wayne, welcome. Good afternoon, Kevin, or good morning. Uh, I'm on at and with my phone, and I can, I can communicate with you. My ELD is through Samsara, and it uses AT&T, and I got a backup on there to where I'm using the, my data, but it's down on AT&T, the e-log. That's bizarre. You know, it, it seems to me like if AT&T is down, it's down because the signal is not getting out. How can you be holding two AT&T phones and one's working and one isn't? That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. My phone's on a 5G and my tablet's on the L- the LTE. So I don't know if their LTE part of the if the network is down, their 5G part is up. I they, couldn't tell you. 
Yeah, right, and well, the, you brought it up. I automatically went over to the Wi-Fi and kicked it onto the Samsara system, yeah. and E-Log went down, so I had to go back to my the way I normally run it. Yeah, you may be onto something there. LTE is the legacy system, and 5G is the newest system. And some devices can't read both. Some devices can only connect through either the 5G or the LTE. So if the LTE system were to go down, or the, if the 5G system goes down, then some older devices that don't use 5G may not be working. That may be what's going on. Yeah, I couldn't tell you for certain, but when you brought it up, I just thought I'd ch check it out and give you a call back. Uh, and Samsara is a big ELD provider out here, and, it's, and they use AT&T network. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I don't know how big of a deal this is going to turn out to be. It might not be anything, but this, if, if nothing else, this should be a wake-up call about how vulnerable we are to this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I brought it up to my wife since we're on the Samsara ELD and it's on AT&T that maybe we ought to switch our cell phone servers back over to Verizon so that way we're on two different systems. And this right here is making my mind up. I think that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's not a bad idea to think this stuff through and, and try to be as prepared as you can be. Yeah, because communicating with her, if I don't see, don't talk to her for a few days, is not that big of a deal. But ELD going down and, you you know, if your ELD's down and you have to go on paper logs, it, it's a big hassle through the, it goes so, through the scale. So. so that's a, you're right, that's a big hassle, there's no doubt. What if the um, fuel card network goes down or the payment system goes down and you can't even buy fuel? How much of a hassle would that be? Um, for, for me, all I have to do is find some place to buy gold because uh, I carry quite, quite a little bit of gold with me for a backup, like you've always said. You make sure you have some backup plan, and my, my backup plan is gold. Interesting. Why not just cash? Uh, what happens if something happens with our cash economy and our cash falls? Well, so if you want to be really prepared around this topic, here's the way I would approach it. You are correct. I don't know how the cash system could fail. Cash is cash. Gold is te just technically just another form of physical cash. I mean, there's nothing yeah. special about gold. Gold is just gold. It's just, it's just a symbol. We, over history, we've used bread for money and, and wheat and all kinds of weird things, grains. and it, It's just a symbol of value. A, a dollar bill is a symbol of value, just like a gold coin would be. Now, I know there's this thought process that somehow gold is more stable, but I don't understand where that thought process comes from. Nobody's ever been able to explain to me why gold would be more valuable. What's the difference? I have something. I need something from you. We need a way to exchange goods. That's what money does. It simplifies things. But I don't see how gold is any different than cash. But if you like the idea of holding gold, think about this, though. Right now, today, you need to go get fuel, and the payment system is down today. I promise you there is no place in the country you're going to be able to buy fuel with gold. But you would be able to buy it with cash. Yeah, but I carry I carry cash with me too. But well, good. That that's my big that's, backup. 
for gold. That that's kind of what I'm getting to is if you want to hold gold for some reason, go ahead, but don't ignore cash because cash is going to be king when you need it the most, and people are going to look at you and go, "Hell, I'm not taking that gold. What am I going to do with that?" All right, I've got one more call I've got to get to before we've got to hand this over to the Becketts. Let's go to Ohio. Joe, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I listened to your show yesterday. That was crushing on the elk scenario. Anyway, the uh, weekend before last, Ken Commando had a buddy of hers on that uh, is running a format on the Internet called uh, Don't Die. I was wondering if you'd heard of that. I have not. What does that mean? But Kim Commando is a computer guru from way right. back. She has a oh, no, show I, every Saturday. Yeah, I, I remember her show from before people even knew what the Internet was. Yeah, so she's really cool. I really like her. Anyway, one of her buddies, what he does is he goes out and saves businesses. He's some kind of a business saver, corporate, so he's got a lot of money. What he's on is he's on a format to figure out how you don't die. And he doesn't mean you're going to live forever. What he means is stop doing things that are bad. And as the interview ended, and he's got all this on the internet somewhere. I don't know where he's, he's doing all the tests that you talk about and stuff like that. But as the interview ended, he said, "Once there's three things he has figured out. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Go to bed at the same time every night. Also, he said, he, when he gets up, he waits three hours and he eats once. And he's doing all this monitoring of his blood and his oxygen and heart. He's got a lot of money. He's pouring everything into it. And that's what it's called. It's called Don't Die. I haven't looked for it yet. I just want to know if you've heard about it. I haven't, and I think he's missing the single most important factor, though. It's not that I disagree with don't smoke, don't drink. Um, was the, oh, go to bed at the same time. Those things are important, but I promise you this. You could do those things religiously, never miss it once, but if you're still eating the standard American diet, you're going to die just the way everybody else does. Those things are not never, enough to make up for a poor diet. Well, he never got into that. But what he was no, no, I, And that's kind of my point, Joe, is that if you address this that way, by telling people, don't drink, don't smoke, go to bed, and you'll, you're going to live a whole lot longer, it, it's just not going to happen. There, there, there may not be much of a difference at all. I'm not saying that those things are, aren't correct. They are. But when you approach it, that's the first thing I hear out of your mouth. That turns me off because you, you totally skipped over the most important thing you should be talking about. Well, he's got all kinds of protocols on there. I haven't seen them yet. But what the what the what they were talking what he was trying to get across to Kim Commando and Kim Commando apparently is is pretty excited about it is what you don't want to do is is shorten your life when technology if you can stay alive long enough technology might kick in long enough to find out why you might die early and fix it so don't don't hurt yourself I think that was the bottom line of what. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but again, he failed to address the single biggest way that we hurt ourselves. It's with our daily diet. If you don't address that, none of this other stuff is going to matter. That's my point. Well, that might that, that might be in there. I don't I don't know. I I just I, I just caught that that interview, and pretty much what he was saying is is what he thought was 
the main point that a lot of people will, will bring them out in their stress point is they're going to bed at the wrong time, they're getting up at the wrong time, they're eating at the wrong time, they're smoking and they're drinking. In his opinion, that's killing a lot of people. And again, you can't argue those things, and I'm not. What I'm arguing is you can fix all of those things, but if you don't fix your diet, it's not going to matter. And I can tell you that the sleep thing about or when you eat, those things are really, really minor factors in health, and there's no proof that that, that, that is that big of a deal. And even if it is, look, you know, I talk a lot about sleep. I know how important it is. But try, as a truck driver, try doing what he says. It's just not part of our lifestyle. So, so you, you're not really going to do that for a lot of people. They are going to work odd hours. Their, their schedule is going to change. And again, maybe this guy does talk about diet, but when somebody comes to me and says, here's all he says you have to do. Don't drink, don't smoke, go to bed at the same time, you're going to live longer. Yeah, you're really not. Well, I, I honestly don't know what what he's doing, uh, but apparently Kim Commando's hot on it. Uh, I, I don't know how many tests he's doing, but he's got the money. He's throwing it in there, and he seems to think he can prolong his life, and uh, that's a personal quest of his, and he's still working. He's it, you know, I, it, it, was, it wasn't that long of an interview, but... You know, I, I, I addressed this the, this the, the last health conference I went to in Vegas with Dr. Wolfson. The whole point of that conference was to extend lifespan. And I said, I'm not going because I believe anybody can figure out how to extend lifespan. I'm going because Dr. Wolfson invited me and I needed, I wanted to hang out with him and I'm sure I'll think, learn something down there. But I, I just think that whole concept is kind of a waste of time. First off, how is this guy ever going to prove that what he says works really works? How do we know that his lifespan is impacted by this? How do we ever test that? But he's got a lot of money. <laughs> I, okay, I, you got a gazillion dollars. Tell me with all that money, how do you test this? This is not a money issue. Explain to me how you would prove that something I'm doing at age 20 actually impacts what's happening to my lifespan. How do we prove it? We can't take the same person and go back 60 years and choose different things and then compare the two. You can't do this. How do you ever prove that any of this stuff works to extend well, life? Now, I can, I can make all kinds of claims that this will improve your health today. We can prove that. There is no way to prove any of this stuff extends life. Well, I've called you before about my, my problems with charting my health supplements, what I do, and all the rest of that. And every time I show it to somebody else, they get mad. Every I, time. I don't know what you mean. Well, I'm sitting there showing them, you know, this is what I eat. These are my supplements. This is what I eat. This is how I eat. Every time I show somebody my health chart, they get mad. And some of it, they're too lazy to do it. Some of it, there's jealousy. I don't know what it is, but people see me healthy. And every time I show them my chart, they get mad. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't know what that is. Well, that's me investing the effort into it, and they're not. You know, they're just going over there eating popcorn. 
Look, I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't extend effort to be healthier. It's what I talk about all the time. But to me, there's a huge difference between doing things that we can prove make us healthier right now. We can measure it. And trying to prove that doing this or that is going to make you live longer. There is zero way to prove that. Well, he's well, I don't. I honestly don't know what he's doing, but Kim Commando's all over it. And I, I thought maybe I'd just throw it at you. Uh, yeah, I'm glad it's, you're it, feeling look, better. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. Do, and let's think about this. Kim Commando, we both know she's a computer geek. She's a technology yes. person. Yes. What does that Excellent. have to do with health? Well, I don't. I don't know if they're tied together in their computer systems. That the, his test is D three test, K two test. So what? So what if they are? I mean, there there are thousands and thousands of practitioners out there doing all this stuff now. I, I, I'm not hearing anything unique about this guy. And honestly, I don't expect to hear anything unique. There is nothing unique. Eat real food. And real food is mostly animal products. I mean, the longer I do this health thing, the easier it's getting. This is not complicated. There, there's nothing really well, special or new out there about any of this stuff. You know, I went into the doctor screaming for a, 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 a shoulder pain, and, and he was telling me it's unique and all the rest of it. Then I saw an ad for people who have shoulder pain. That's when I started following your protocols, and then it all went away. Yeah. That's what I mean, that this isn't, we're, we're not going to find serious. out anything really complicated. We're, we're not going to learn a whole lot of really big new stuff about health. We kind of know it. Diet, we've got figured out. Lifestyle, we understand how unhealthy our lifestyle is. Trying to avoid all of those problems of lifestyle is far more difficult. Trying to avoid EMFs and technology and stress and light pollution and chemicals and forever chemicals. And, and, and it's virtually impossible to avoid those things. The best we can do is, is minimize them. Hey, Joe, I got uh, wrapped up in that conversation and I realized I went over time. And uh, I've got Kevin Beckett hanging out waiting to start rolling toe. So... Um, I'm going to wrap up this show, and Kevin is going to take over. So you can, uh, you can just keep dialing right now, by the way. We're not restarting the show. So if you've got questions for Mike and Kevin Beckett and Rolling Toe, start dialing. 855-950-3835. All right, we will see you back here tomorrow for trucking technology and efficiency be safe be profitable be fit and healthy always do the hard work and master the journey